Hey, we start a new series this morning called The Blessed Life. So I have a question for you. How many people have been, like if I asked you this question, how many people could say that they have been blessed by God in their lives? Put your hand up if you've been blessed by God. How many, leave your hand up if you want to be more blessed. Awesome, then you're in the right place because for the next month, we're going to talk about what it is to live a blessed life. The funny thing is, when it comes to uh, living a blessed life, we know that the Word of God promises us in John 10.10 10, that Christ came that we may have life and life more abundantly. So anything that comes to kill, steal and destroy out of our lives is not a God thing, but a, but a devil thing. Because the Bible says that the devil come to kill, steal and destroy. And so we have to understand that, that God wants us to live a blessed life, yeah? But to have the kingdom outcomes of a blessed life... We must live by kingdom principles. You can't have a blessed life if you don't follow the principles. You can't defeat gravity by flapping your arms. You have to hop into an aeroplane under the law of aerodynamics because it supersedes. And so what we have to understand is anything when it comes to the kingdom, it has to function under kingdom principles if we want to have kingdom outcomes. For example, God says some really crazy stuff to us, yeah? It says, forgive your enemies, because that's better for you. I don't know about you, but when somebody does me wrong, the first thought in my head is not, I'm going to forgive them, because that's good for me. But we understand that the kingdom principle says, if you don't forgive that person, the Bible says that a root of bitterness starts to happen on the inside of you, and then you are destroyed from the inside out. And so we don't forgive people because they deserve forgiveness, we forgive people necessarily, although everyone deserves forgiveness, don't get me wrong. But the reason why we give, forgive is because it's good for me. It's good for me. Whereas the world would say, don't forgive that person, they've done you wrong, you want to get revenge. Yet the scripture says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And so our job is to forgive and God takes care of the rest, yeah? In fact, he says, if you forgive them, it's like putting hot coals into their lap. That's not a motivation for the forgiveness, but it's just an understanding that kingdom principles are, you do the forgiving, I'll take care of the rest. There's other things too. If you would confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. In other words, the kingdom principle is, if we just confess our sins to him, he forgives us. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do what the Buddhists do in Thailand when I was over there where they smack their heads on 380 steps as they go up to the temple and have their heads all bleeding as part of their way to get right with Buddha before they get to the top. How many people are glad we don't have to do that? So there's principles in the kingdom which gives us kingdom results. I think sometimes the problem with us when it comes to a blessed life is that we want the kingdom results without living the kingdom principles. And so I want to share with you over the next four weeks some kingdom principles that will help you get kingdom results. How many people think that's a good idea? Well, we're going to start this morning. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 is a scripture that probably you've heard before if you've been in church long enough. If you haven't, this will be news to you. But it says this, it is more blessed to give than receive. This is a kingdom principle. It is more blessed. You are more blessed, the Bible says, when you give than when you receive. This is the problem sometimes of kingdom principles is that they're just weird sometimes, yes? I don't know about you, but I like receiving gifts. 
on my birthday, I don't want to give my family gifts, I want them to give me gifts. Am I that, can I get a bit more enthusiasm out there, please? I want to get gifts on my birthday, I don't want to give gifts. This is like, this just doesn't make sense. How can you be more blessed to give than you receive? But the reality is, this is a kingdom principle And as we go through this morning, you're going to discover that what the Bible teaches us, if you want to be blessed more, the pathway to the blessed life is having a heart of generosity. The path to a blessed life, the path to being more blessed, the path to us being even more blessed than what God already blesses is not by receiving, but by giving. And the thing is, is that when we come to church life sometimes or the Christian life, When we start hearing this principle, just take a little bit of the treble out, please. When we start hearing this kind of principle, then what happens is we we kind of shut down a little bit because you know at some stage, if you've been around church long enough, we're going to hit our money in a moment and then we just switch off because don't touch my wallet. So we we want the kingdom results without the principles. And the thing is, is that we have to embrace this truth if we want things to change. And I'm not just talking around finances, I'm talking even in marriage life, yeah? How many people know in marriage life, if you want your marriage to work, it's better to give than receive? Come on. If you're not and I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about giving of your time, your words, your love. If you give into that, you automatically receive. Yes? Yes? Let me give you a little bit of help, guys, just to help you out. A friend of mine uh, that I know, who I think is hilarious, he, um, he decided that he had his day off and his wife was at work, and he decided that he was going to send his wife a bunch of sexy photos. The first selfie he took was of him vacuum cleaning. The second one was him doing the dishes. The third one was him hanging out the washing. How many people understand that in married life, if you want your wife's, you want her to have time for you, then it's a good idea to vacuum, do the dishes, help out with the washing, get the, because you, you don't want her to be exhausted by the time you are. The, the thing is that we have to understand is that the Bible teaches us it's better to give than receive. That's actually a more of a blessing when, when we give than when we receive. Listen to this in, in um, Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. It says, one man gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. What is the scripture actually saying? It's saying that the key to a blessed life is a generous heart. It doesn't make sense sometimes in the kingdom that says here there is one who gives freely, yet gets more, but then there's one that holds on to what they have and that leads to poverty. You see, you've got to understand that in the kingdom, everything operates in a different way. The Bible says this, that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And so we want kingdom outcomes, but we have to live by kingdom principles. Here's another scripture for you in Corinthians 2, 9, 6 to 7. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. There's a real key thing in there. If you ever feel guilty around giving, there's a key thing in here that will help you to understand that it's not the person's fault that's speaking, it's your fault. It says here, each man should determine in his heart what they're going to give before they turn up. That way, you'll never be manipulated by me showing up a photo of my family and telling you how they're starving. Hello? That was a joke. Because if you know my family, there's no starving going on. You see, the word here, cheerful giver, in the Greek actually means hilarious giver. In other words, it's somebody who goes, wow, I'm just so pumped this morning that we get to give. Like, let's party. And in fact, in the Old Testament, they used to have parties around their offerings. Maybe we should do that one Sunday morning. I come to the offering time and we pull out the roast lamb and the gravy and we just have a party, bouncy castle, and we just have a party for about half an hour around the offering. That's, how many people think that's a good idea? We'd need to take up an offering to pay for it all, but it'd be good. But what he's saying here is that the, the attitude is this, that, that we are so blessed, that God has so blessed us, that we're just so excited that we get to party because God has blessed us so much and because he's blessed us so much it enables us to give and be a blessing to others. Listen to this one in Second in Corinthians chapter 9. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, you ever say all things, and at all times, all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I want you to just look at that scripture for a minute. Look at it. It says, in all things, at all times, all that you need abound. Isn't that a great promise? That God says that when you live a life of generosity at all times and all your needs You'll have all that you need. You'll be made rich in every way. And he's not just talking about financial here or or material. He's saying that, that you'll be blessed in every area of your life, in every facet of who you are. It's not limited to just our finances. And, And if we limit God's blessing just to our finances, friend, we rob ourselves of what God is saying here because he says you'll be blessed in Every I mean, in every way, like like what's some of the ways that we could be hugely blessed? You could be massively blessed with a fantastic marriage. How many people want a fantastic marriage? How many people want a fantastic husband that don't have one yet? I said don't have one yet, just in case the married wife puts her hand up, you know. Maybe, maybe. It means in every way, maybe it means that you're not just going to be blessed financially, but you're going to be blessed in incredible friendships that just go for years and years. You know those friends that stick closer than a brother. Those friends that just love on you, they're there for you. They're not afraid to tell you the truth when you need to hear it, but they're there for a shoulder to cry on when you need it. What if being blessed in every way was all of a sudden you have this incredible gift that God's given you of singing and being able to play instruments and and all that sort of stuff. I wish I had that gift 
when I hear myself in the shower, I'm pretty sure I have that gift. But apparently my children say I don't have that gift. The thing is, is this, is that it says you'll be blessed in every single way when you understand that you live with a spirit of generosity and it's better to give than receive. But here's the thing. We're not blessed in every way just so that we can enjoy it on ourselves. But so that we can not just consume it on us, but so that we can be a blessing in every occasion, be generous in every occasion on those around us. And it goes on to say that because of our generosity all over the world, people will praise his name. Some of you are looking at me this morning going, what do you mean? Well, this morning in Fiji, there is a church having worship and praising his name because generously, generously, this church built them a playground. Generously, this church supports their preschool and helps pay some of the salaries of their staff. There are people worshipping in Fiji this morning because of your generosity. There are people praising God this morning in Vanuatu because of your generosity as we send money there. There are people in South Africa, in Live Village, in Durban, that are praising his name this morning because of your generosity. You have to understand something, that we are blessed in every possible way, not to consume upon ourselves, but so that we may be able to bless all those around us. Now, you have to understand something that God, we'll get to this in a minute, but God wants to bless you in such a way that it's out of the overflow of blessing. He's not trying to empty you of what you have, but he wants to bless you so much that there's overflow that blesses everybody else. And then you understand that, man, when you hear the stories and you hear the transformations, you understand that it's more generous to give then can you imagine if your heart of generosity grew so much that not just in those three places that I mentioned, but all over the world, people were praising God's name because of your generosity. What a cool promise it is that when we understand that it's better to give than receive. But if that's the principle, if God is saying to us that when we give, then God gives back, that when we so bountifully, then God gives back bountifully. Why is it then, if, if this is a kingdom principle, and a kingdom principle always has kingdom outcomes, why is it then that people aren't generous? Why is it that I struggle with generosity? Well, the first thing is, is, is because you have a bag mentality. In Haggai 1.6, it says this, it says, you eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag filled with holes. Does anybody here relate to this? That it's like the income comes in and the income comes out. Yeah? You wake up on a Wednesday morning, which is my payday, and the bank account looks awesome. And by the end of the day, what happened? Yes? All the bills come out, the mortgage comes out, this comes out, the rent comes out, whatever comes out. And, and, then, and then you have these, these um, beautiful gifts of God called children that, that if you have anything left over, they'll suck that right out of you. <laughs> you guys are hard work this morning. And it, do, it doesn't matter. If you had those times where it, it just doesn't seem out, 
matter how hard you try, how strict you budget yourselves, it just it feels like the money just it's like there's holes in your pocket. It just disappears. It just disappears. Or or you feel like you're you're finally starting to get somewhere, yeah? You're finally starting to get somewhere and then boom, the car breaks down, or the washing machine dies, or something else happens, yeah? Or the kids have to go to the orthodontist, get a referral, and they've been told, oh, yeah, they need a full set of, of uh, braces at $8,000. And you're like, praise God. It feels like your pocket's just full of holes and that no matter how hard you try, you feel like you're living with a bag with holes in it. And as much as you like to be generous, you don't feel like you can be generous because it seems like that everything that goes into the bag just falls out of the bag. In other words, I'd like to be generous, but there's just not enough. I wish I could be generous, but I just don't have enough. You know, if I'm honest with you this morning, this used to be my mindset. I can't afford to be generous. I've barely got enough just for me to get by. I've barely got enough for 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 me to get by. What I understood now that I didn't understand then is that my faith was in the bag. See, when we have a bag mentality, our faith is restricted to whatever is in the bag. Our faith is restricted to what is in the bag. I didn't see God as a generous God. I didn't see him as a God that wants to bless. I could only trust what was in the bag. And if there's not enough in the bag, then there's not enough for me to be generous. If there's not enough in the bag, I can't be generous because my trust was purely in the bag. The thing that's interesting is this, is that when we look at the scriptures, there's a guy in the New Testament that was really into what was in the bag. His name was Judas, one of Jesus' disciples. This guy used to carry around the money bag. And when a woman came to Jesus and wanted to break a bottle of perfume over him and wash his feet with this perfume in her hair, all Judas could do is go, whoa, don't do that. Monday. That perfume could have been sold and given to the poor. How many people know that if you know the story of Judas, he wasn't interested in the money being sold and given to the poor. He was interested in the money being sold and put into the bag so that he could help himself to the bag. You see, Judas had a bag mindset. If there was a guy that was focused on what was in the bag, it was Judas. And even when this woman wanted to be generous, to which Christ turned around and said, what this woman has done today will be preached about for all of history and even mentioned today in this service because of her generosity. She gave up a year's worth of wages in that perfume just to worship God. And friend, that is not a ridiculous amount of generosity done by her because God gave his son in a ridiculous generosity to die on the cross for yours and my sin. He gave a life. How generous is that, that he would give his one and only son? But all Judas could scream out was, no, don't do that, the money. 
It was all about the money. He was so consumed by what was in the bag. And you know what he did? Eventually, Judas betrayed Jesus because of his bag mindset for 30 pieces of silver. He betrayed Jesus because it was all about what was in the bag. And if we have a bag mindset where we can't be generous because we just have enough and our faith and our trust is in the bag, and I say this with all the love in my heart because I love you enough to tell you the truth, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. People that don't give today, as the Scripture teaches us, and tithes and offerings, it's because you're more concerned with what's in the bag than about the generosity of God. You don't trust him and that's why you don't give because your faith is in the bag. Instead of understanding that as I'm generous, he's generous. And I don't know about you, but I would rather trust in his generosity towards me than my ability. See, the problem is, is that I could turn around right now and say to everybody in this place, a saying that everybody says all the time, where he goes a little bit like this, God is good all the time, but we don't really believe it. Because if we believed it, then we would live this principle that it's better to give than receive. You see, if your premise in life isn't that God is good, then you won't trust him when he tells you to do something that's contrary to your natural thinking. And I had to come to a place in my life where I realized I had more faith in my ability than I had in his ability. And I was praying that he would bless me, but I wasn't living by the principle. I was wanting the outcomes without the principle. I'd love to give, but my bags have hold in it. My budget's tight. The economy's tight. I'm worried about my job. It's a bag mindset. Now, can I encourage you this morning? The Bible says this, that we're meant to give 10% of our income to his house. And that as we do that, he blesses us. And for some of you this morning, that's a big struggle in your mindset. In fact, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says, if you bring the tithes into his house, he will look after your house and he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you don't have enough room to contain it. Now, I get that some of you are on incredibly tight budgets. But a heart of generosity says, I'm going to trust the principle and I'm going to give something. Because if you want God to bless you, you have to start somewhere. There's a solo mum in our church who I'm not going to mention by name this morning, but I remember when they came to me and said, I'm going to start with $2 a week. $2 a week. Now they're fully tithing. And God has blessed them abundantly. Why? Because they trusted the principle to make sure they get the kingdom outcome. We all want to be blessed, but will we change our bag mindset and start to apply kingdom principles? In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 4 to 6, it says this, The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, your basket. Everyone say basket. And your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. So first of all, there's the bag mentality, which says that there's not enough. 
Then there's the basket mentality that says there's more than enough. This is a person that believes God is an abundant God, that he can be trusted, that we have got more than enough because God, our abundant God, has blessed us and because he has blessed us, we can give freely. I mean, I think of the story of the feeding of the 5,000 where there's 5,000 men plus women and children. They say that there could have been up to um, 15,000 people there altogether, but it only mentions 5,000 men, but there was women and children also. And Jesus says to his disciples, hey, we need to feed these guys. They're hungry. And they're like, what? What, what do you want us to do, man? Like, how are we going to do that? Like, that's impossible. Send them away. Tell them to get their own food. And then this little boy comes up and he goes, I've got five loaves and two fish. I've got a bag with five loaves and two fish. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was that little boy, I would have been like, I got enough lunch for me, pal, not for everybody else. Yeah? That would be the bag mindset that says, hey, I, I can't give this. I, 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 I'm hungry. I need to eat. My mum packed my lunch. If I don't eat it, she'll be really angry with me. Some of you come home from school with your lunch still in your bag. Mum gets angry. Maybe if mum didn't make you crappy sandwiches, you might eat them. Hey? My mum used to, it used to be mumite just about every single day of my life. Unbelievable. Make my own. When I was five, or I should do things like should, things should do me a favour and they should do me tomato sandwiches. But how many people know by lunchtime, it's just soggy bread. It's disgusting. If you're a mother that does that to your children, shame on you. If you're going to make the Marmite sandwiches, at least give them one of them little bags of potato chips that they can put into the sandwich and give it something worth eating, yeah? Feeding of the 5,000, this little boy could have turned around and said, man, I don't have enough. I only got enough for me. It's a bag mindset. But when you have a basket mindset, you know, God is, God is good. God is good. I trust him. He's an abundant God. If God have, has needs of what I have, then I'm going to give it. This boy had a simple faith and he said, I don't have much, but what I do have, I'm going to give you. And we know the story that Jesus took it, he blessed it, and then he broke it, and then he gave it out. And it says that everybody was fed to their full. In other words, people pigged out and no one was hungry afterwards. And then the Bible says this, that when they went around and picked up the leftovers, there was 12 baskets left over. See, when you have a basket mentality, you understand that if I trust God with what's in my bag, there will always be an overflow. There'll always be access. There'll always be an additional amount left over. God will bless you so abundantly that you will have overflow to be able to go and bless anybody that you want to, to be able to bless that person that you know is going for a tough time or bless that somebody. I mean, we've managed to give, uh, we've given a car away before. For. We've given all sorts of things away. Why? Because we understand that if, if I trust God with what's in my bag, he will bless me back. Not only will I be a blessing to all those around me, but it'll be above and beyond. And there's always leftovers. One man gives freely, yet he receives more, the scripture says. And one man withholds what is duly be given, and it leads to poverty. 
In other words, the message Bible puts it this way, is that the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. See, when you're faithful with a little, he'll give you more. And then one day you'll be able to go, you know what? We have all that we need and then some. And you'll be able to say, you know what? I can, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to bless people. I'm going to give to things. And you're not just doing your 10% tithe, but you're taking it to a whole nother level where somebody that you know wants to go on a missions trip to Fiji, which we have one coming up in November from the 18th to the 28th of November, going to Fiji to do some stuff. And um, you can talk to me about that afterwards. It's about 1500 bucks to go. But you, you might find someone wants to go that can't afford to. And you're like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll let me bless you. Let me pay for that so that you can go on the mission field and do stuff. You may not be able to go, but you might be able to pay for someone to go. And so all of a sudden, you're, you're now, it's, it's above and beyond. You're, you're a blessing when you come in and a blessing when you go out. I don't know about you, but I'd love to live the kind of life where everywhere I go, blessing just happens. You know, that I'm able to bless this person and that person. It's not something that I need to pray about. You know, once once I've given what is to God as God's everything else, I don't need to pray about. If I've if I've got enough left over, if I've got twelve basketfuls left over, then then it's just like I mean, I'm just going to give away because I understand that the more that I give, the more that I'm blessed. If you Want the blessings of God, you've got to shift from the bag mindset to a basket mindset and trust him that as he takes what you give him, he'll bless it and make it more. The last one I want to talk about this morning is the barn. The barn, the bag, the basket, and the barn. Deuteronomy 8.8, it says, "The The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. Could you imagine if you're faithful to God with what's in the bag, and then you're faithful with him with your basket, that all of a sudden, one day God gives you barns that are overflowing? I mean, this is the principle that happens here. The more, if you give generously, God just keeps on pouring it back in. Joseph was in the prison, but was faithful in the prison. And God promoted him to the palace. If there's anybody that had the right to have a basket mindset, was Joseph, who was accused of something (coughs) he never did, that was sold into slavery by his brothers. But Joseph never had a basket mindset, a bag mindset. He always had a big mindset. And when he got promoted to the palace, he then started to store grain because of a word that he got from God about a drought that was coming. He started to store grain in his barn. And then when the drought happened, it wasn't an issue for Joseph in Egypt or the known world at that time because Joseph was able to bless everybody because he had barns full of grain, barns full of food. He was able to feed everyone because his barns were overflowing. And when you are faithful in a similar way, when you are faithful, guess what God's going to do? 
God will use you to bless many because your barns will be overflowing. You won't just be a tither anymore, which is the beginning point for giving, but you'll, you'll be abundantly above and beyond. Pressed down, shaking together, running out all over. Filled barns. Here's the deal, though. And this is the big question, I suppose, for you and for I. The question is this. God wants to know how much can he bless you? See, the question is not, does God want to bless me? The question is, how much can he bless you? Because his blessing is dependent upon whether you have a bag mindset, a basket one or a barn one. See, he doesn't limit his blessing, we limit his blessing. Because if you want kingdom outcomes, you have to live by kingdom principles. So the question is not, God's not blessing me, it's am I living by the principles? He wants to know how much he can bless you, because are you going to be a bag person that says, I never have enough? Are you going to be a basket person and funnel the leftover overflow and blessing others? Or are you going to have so much great faith that you're going to say, you know what, this stuff isn't for me. I'm going to give generously and shift to a whole barn mindset of just blessing people abundantly. I mean, I think God, how much can God bless you? Luke 16 verse 10, it says this, it says, whoever can be trusted with a little, that's what's in your bag, can also be trusted with much, that's what's in your barn, and whoever is dishonest with little, that's your bag, will be dishonest with much. So, if you're not being trustworthy in handling Worldly wealth, what's in your bag? He said, who will trust you with true riches? You see, if, if we can't do our bag right, then why would God give us a barn? See, Proverbs 3, 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, which is the first fruits of your crops. For us, that's the tithe. First, we return it to him. And then it says this, then the Bible says your barns will be filled and overflowing. The beauty of the tithe is that it teaches us that God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. That's the beauty. As it teaches us that we can trust him and that God abundantly wants to bless us. And when we return it back to him, he blesses us financially in every area of our lives. Because it belongs to him. It breaks the grip of materialism off our lives and it enables us to live a life of blessing. And in saying that, I have no problem. I believe God wants you to be prosperous in every way and I have no problem whatsoever with people having fantastic houses and great cars and overseas trips and holidays. None of that is a problem. The Bible says this, that God has given you the power to make wealth. Like he wants you to be blessed. He just doesn't want it to own you. Those things shouldn't own you. But you should be using them to bless others so that your generosity comes back to you, pressed down, shaken together. Listen to this as we finish this morning. On Luke chapter 12, it says this, and he told them this parable. This is Jesus speaking. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. 
Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus of grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, be merry, put your feet up. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Listen to what it says. This is how it will be for everyone who stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. See, there's a fundamental problem with this man. He forgot the point that it was actually God that blessed him. He had what he had because God blessed him. You have what you have because God blesses you. The Bible says this, that everything is his. Everything. Whether you realize it or not, everything is his. This whole world is his. God was angry at him because he thought that all of these blessings were for himself. That he got to consume it on himself. The problem of this guy is that he had balm blessings with a bag mindset. He had barn blessings with a bag mindset. He's blessed abundantly, but he's hoarding it to himself. Because he didn't understand the principle. The reason this guy was not more blessed is because he still actually believed it was better to receive than to give. It's better to hold on than to give away. And I truly believe that what God has given us, he has given us to bless others. To give more, to bless more people. I believe that God wants every single person in this place and in our world to live a blessed life, a life that overflows with God's blessings. But it requires us to live by kingdom principles if we want kingdom outcomes. And I know whenever we talk about this sort of stuff, people get funny about money in church. But I'm not telling you this because I want you to give more to the church. I'm telling you this because this is the principle that God established in his word to help you live a blessed life. Because it says that you will be blessed in every area of your life if you apply this principle. You don't have to, that's your choice. It's your choice as to whether you do this or you don't do this. It's your choice as whether you start to do this or you don't do this. No one here is ever going to make you do anything that you don't want to do. Because this is not how we're wired. But we will tell you what you need to hear even when you don't want to hear it. Because my heart, I know Trinity's heart, I know the leadership of this church's heart, is that you live a blessed life. And the Bible teaches that if you want to live a blessed life, then you have to be a giving person. That a generous heart is made rich. You see, I could work out what your priorities are in life by looking at your bank account. Because if there's one treasure we have that we like to hold on to, It's our money, isn't it? If we're really honest with ourselves. But the Bible says this, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. 
And so if you want to know where your heart is sometimes, you just got to have a look at where your spending is and you'll discover where your heart is. And what I'm trying to encourage you this morning is that if you would step up, if you would, if you would take a faith step this morning and say, you know what? I understand what your word says. It may not make sense to me right now, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Because I know that you love me because you sent your son to die on the cross for me. Some of you have had him heal your physical things. Some of you have had him do incredible breakthroughs in your life. But when it's come to this area of your life, you've really struggled to trust him because your faith is in the bag. And I want to say to you this morning, why don't you, why don't you put your faith in he who does exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask, think, or dream of according to his power?